Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast with Steve Schellenberger. You're listening to the show that is guaranteed to help you transform your life and achieve results that otherwise would have seemed difficult or even impossible. In each episode, you'll learn from someone who has achieved extraordinary goals. Steve is the number one national best-selling author. He's successfully started 11 businesses in three separate industries. He is a highly sought-after keynote speaker and corporate trainer for organizations around the world, an executive coach, the father of six, and the founder of Becoming Your Best Global Leadership. Here is Mr. Steve Schallenberger. Welcome to all of our Becoming Your Best podcast listeners, wherever you might be in the world today. This is your host, Steve Schallenberger, and we have a very talented and fun guest with us today. He's an artist. Welcome, Aaron Anastasi. Thank you so much, Steve. So happy to be on your show. Well, thank you, and I've been looking forward to this. Uh, And before we get started, I'd like to give our listeners a brief background about you and Uh, Aaron is a Southern California native who graduated with a master's degree from Princeton Theological Seminary. Uh, He's also a serial entrepreneur with online businesses such as Superior Singing Method. It's an online singing program that grosses seven figures annually, and that is a fun site to go to. I want you to know that I've been to it and enjoyed it and and I uh, can't wait to take advantage of it, Aaron. Yeah, oh, cool. Great. I'm, I'm excited that you've been there. Yeah, good stuff. And Aaron has the number one singing life lesson channel on YouTube with over 11.5 million organic views and over 130,000 subscribers uh, on his three channels. Along with being an L.A.-based actor and filmmaker, Aaron is a prominent success coach. His new book, The Voice of Your Dreams, released in April of 2016 and reached Amazon's top 100 bestsellers within the first week of release is something we'll talk about today. So with that, uh, Aaron, tell us about your background so that, that the people, our listeners that are with us today can get to know you a little bit better. Sure, yeah. I I live in Los Angeles now, but I, I grew up not far from here. I grew up in Orange County, California, in a modest lower lower middle class family. I had four brothers. There well, there were four of us growing up. I had three brothers. Uh let's see, we moved eleven times before I was eleven years old. <laughs> People tend to like that statistic that's kind of staggering. <laughs> we moved so much. That, build, um, yeah. that, that builds flexibility right there, doesn't it? It absolutely does. You, you, you learn to meet and get to know people really quickly, and you learn to say bye fast. <laughs> yeah, so growing up in, the, in a beach town, I grew up surfing and snowboarding and skateboarding and, and, and loved all that. So then fast forward, fast forward to you know, maybe eight or nine years ago, I started you know, what you're talking about, the superior singing method, because I spent a lot of time writing songs as a singer, songwriter, musician, and put out a lot of records and toured all over. And that was a big passion of mine. And then I shifted that passion to like, hey, I'd like to help other people reach their dreams. And so that's when I started my singing program. And that's actually when things really started to shift for me is when I shift my focus from, hey, I want to be famous to, hey, I want to make the world a better place and really help people reach their dreams. And that's and we'll talk about it. But that's what eventually led to me um, getting a coach, having my life change transform radically and then getting my own clients and writing my book and 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 so on 
Well, excellent. Uh, and uh, if you don't mind, as you reflect on your life, what were some of the key turning points that directed you towards this singing talent that you have? And it's really an extraordinary singing talent, Aaron, where it's not the fact that you can just sing. Uh, he, he plays the guitar and, and maybe plays some other instruments, but he has this gift, Aaron has this gift to teach others, to put it in a way uh, that people can learn it and, and learn quickly and develop their own talent. So uh, as you reflect back, what were some things that helped point you in this direction? I remember when I was young, I, I, before I really started singing, I started playing guitar when I was real young. And then I played guitar for a couple of years and I hadn't really tried singing very much. And I remember I got invited by, uh, I grew up in the church, and so I got invited by the youth group, you know, leader, whatever, to play music and lead the songs. And so I showed up, and I was all ready. I'd learned the songs, and I, I was pretty confident with my guitar playing. And I strummed the first chord and just squawked out the first few notes. And I, I remember the, the horror look on people's face, like, what in the world is this guy doing singing? So I tell that story to say I, I started with such a terrible voice and and learned how to build a voice where I was singing professionally in my young adult years that and I think that's part of the reason that as you mentioned that that I, I'm a I'm a really good coach because I it wasn't something I came upon naturally at all. I had to figure it all out and in figuring it out I learned what the steps were to build the voice, what the foundation of how to do it. And so when I explain it, I explain it from somebody who who is now a professional, but still has the mind of like the novice that didn't know how to get it. So I, I explain it at the at the level that I I was, and in some ways still feel that I am. Well, that's great, and, and you obviously must have uh, stayed with it uh, because you got good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean you that's... went you went from what you described as ah, <laughs> and, and so uh, what was the process? What what caused you to stay with it, and what was that inspiration? Yeah, at the time, it's funny. At the time, I think it was it was just this opportunity. I stayed playing guitar and singing there for four years. So part of it was I just want to do a decent job at this opportunity that I've been given. And then after three or four years, it was like, okay, now I'm getting I'm I'm pretty proficient at this, and now I'm starting to love this. And I started writing my own songs, and so then I started playing coffee shops and did my first record. So there were a lot of things along the way that were that kept me going, kept me going and, and excited about doing it. And that's, I mean, <laughs> to me, success is, and, and the, the people that I know are successful, it, it really is about staying on the path. And so I, I feel like when people, do, when people don't become successful in something, it's usually because they're, they're constantly derailed from the path and which a lot of what my, my book talks about, these, these limiting voices that we have in our mind, I think is a big part of that, either constantly derailed from the path or derailed in, indefinitely in one certain area and then just have taken something else on. So me, I was just a dumb kid that didn't want to listen to my limiting voices, and I just kept trucking along and trucking along and trucking along. Well, that's great. And you said something that uh, imp impressed me, and as you may be aware and in uh, my book, Becoming Your Best, one of the things we talk about is this spirit, this mindset of good, better, best, never let it rest till the good is better and the better is best. Well, that's exactly the spirit you just described. You just wanted to do the best you could. And when we do that, when we just keep working on trying to do better, be the best that we're capable of doing, 
all of a sudden we end up being a lot further along than we thought we could, and that leads to to new horizons. Yeah, yeah, I that that's been certainly been my experience, and and even the experience of my clients. I in fact I have one of my clients who. When he came to me, he was he was producing no he was producing music videos, and he was producing at the level of about three thousand to five thousand dollar music videos, which is a decent budget. But in his mind, this is all that he could ever do, and he didn't know if he wanted to continue doing it. And as we talked, and we started talking through some of his limiting voices, his negative self talk, and started you know some of the new dreamer principles from my book that ended up in my book. Within within a handful of months, he was I was probably about six months or so. He was doing uh, 1.2 million dollar budget videos with big stars like Rihanna and Usher and and so on and so forth. So th- it's powerful stuff. I mean, the, this idea of tenacity and push pushing through and stay that idea of staying on the path and not be constantly being derailed by these limiting voices. Okay, so you're an artist, an actor, a performer, and recently wrote a new book. It's called The Voice of Your Dreams. So share with us, Aaron, about, uh, about these accomplishments and particularly about your journey to realizing uh, these dreams in your life. And, and what, what led to the book? Yeah, it, uh, so I, I'm thrilled right now. I became an Amazon bestseller and just got into Barnes & Noble, which is my first book. And I'm, it's my, I'm totally green as an author, so I'm like <laughs> still like super giddy about that. So that's, that's kind of where it's become. So here's the, where it started was about seven years ago or so. I remember I was sitting with my, my coach. I have a coach, um, like life coach, success coach. And I, I was at a point in my life where I was just not doing well. I was feeling kind of depressed and frustrated because I couldn't I couldn't create any any momentum in my life any type of type of success whether it's financial or relational I wasn't married at the time I'm happily married now but I and so I remember him asking me a question he said he said who would you have to be in order to get the results that you want and I and I when he first said that I was like you mean what would I have to do right because it was for me it was all about working hard if I can just work hard and work hard and work hard but there's a certain ceiling to hard work that I, I didn't realize. And there were certain things that I was believing about myself and about the world around me that was really keeping me stuck. And so after he said that, I just started devouring hundreds of books and I continued with coaching and, and had some pretty radical changes in my life. I went from barely making it to making six figures and a creating seven-figure business. Like I said, I was in a stagnant relationship. Now I'm married to the yeah, dating relationship. Now I'm married to that woman. We have this fun, adventurous marriage. She's the light of my life. And then also this idea of like pursuing a career in acting and filmmaking was like my my secret desire. You know, I, I, the singing thing I'd done and I really loved, but there was this secret inside of me that I wanted to be an actor and I wanted to be a filmmaker. But I was too afraid to express that for fear that it would, I don't know, if anybody said, ah, any kind of ridicule would like squash that and squash me. So that was what started what became the book. That was radical changes in my life. And then I started taking on my own clients and started seeing radical changes in their life. And so the book is a lot about that, a lot about the what I call new dreamer principles that led to that for me and for my clients and uh, all this idea of silencing the limiting voices and becoming successful um, in, in, through, through that. Well, that's fantastic. And to all of our listeners, and, and I know we have them from all over the globe, and many of those listeners are trying to figure out really how to give voice to their dreams. 
And uh, so I love your articulation of it. It helps you break through the, the, the ceilings and, and any limitations that you may have. When you get these ideas based on what you're good at and what may be possible, you start seeing it differently. And it, and it goes beyond just hard work, like you said. So that's fantastic. Yeah, well, thank you. I, I, it's, it's been such a fun ride and journey over the past, say, you know, five, five or eight years to, to really begin to start seeing things differently and shift, shift my way of being. See, I, the difference between being and doing wasn't something I was very familiar with. I know that's a little more common these days. But the, this idea of being like, who do I have to be in order to get the results I want? What, what shifts have to take place in what I believe about myself, what I believe is possible in the world, and then watching, watching the results be a natural outworking of the way I'm thinking about myself and about other things. So that changes my actions and therefore changes the results that I get in my life. All right. So let's give an example of that. Yeah, sure. I uh, back then, so I wanted to be an actor and, and a filmmaker, and so one of the things I knew I needed was I needed to get a manager. I needed to get an agent. I needed to, which is funny. I just got back just right now as at another um, commercial acting agent meeting because I may switch commercial agents. So it's interesting. But I needed a commercial agent, a film and television agent, and a manager. But I knew that I couldn't get that stuff unless I had some footage of me doing, you know, being an actor and doing decent enough work. So at the time, the way, one way that I switched my way of being, and I have in dozens and dozens of ways and continue to now, but one way I switched my way of being is I realized that I had this belief in my head that um, if I asked people for help or if I asked them to partner along with me in a project, I would be annoying them. I'd be bugging them. Oh, I don't want to bug them. They're busy. Oh, they, you know, I had all these excuses in my mind. So one small shift of being is I chose to be the person who believed that I, I was a gift to other people and that, that when I uh, in, enrolled them into something that I, I was doing, I wasn't putting them out. I was actually inviting them in. I was inviting them into a vision that I had. I was inviting them into, into my life. I was inviting them into a vision that would, that would be fun for them and would really benefit them. So, And I didn't change my way of being like 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I just changed my way of being and my way of thinking just for those five or 10 minutes in that phone call. And as I started recruiting people, more and more 10 and 20 people, I was gaining confidence more and more. And this way of being became easier because it was easier to believe that. So fast forward six months from there, I was in downtown Los Angeles in this giant warehouse with about 35 volunteers um, helping me make this film that I had written, I had produced, and now I was acting in. And we, we shot this thing, and people were thanking me for letting them be a part of it. And many of them got better footage all for their reels, for whatever they did as filmmakers or whatever, than they had had before. So it became a way of creating community and serving others and just by this small shift of being. And then actually just a, a few months ago, I went to the uh, the Red carpet um, event for that because it got into a few film festivals and did the the producer talk back and all that stuff so that that's kind of kind of come full circle recently all right well we're going to look for you in the future at the academies i'll be there so so look out for it <laughs> we're going to <laughs> well i love that that's a good example and uh, aaron mentioned a couple of things that are really quite significant one is he started reading books what a huge impact that has, doesn't it? 
Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, we, there's so many statistics, statistics that talk about multimillionaires and CEOs of companies. And they read, you know, on average, they read about 60 books a year. Whereas, you know, when you ask people of, of a lower income level, they read an average of one or two books a year. And I'm not saying that's the only thing, but it's really important. I, I still read two to three books a month. And I read every time I read a book, I read it twice. I'm just I'm just starving for that knowledge and I and I love it and I want to be I want to be on top of my game. I want to be as powerful as I can be and so and I know that a lot of that is is not just learning by trial and error but hey, let's learn from the trial and error of somebody who is super successful in their 40 years of knowledge and then the next and the next and the next one. Well, that's wonderful and that's a reminder to me and all of our listeners uh to uh those that's one of the things that highly successful leaders do is that they leaders are readers and so thanks for pointing that out uh, I had a friend that did that throughout most of his career and he ended up uh, owning and managing leading 16 different companies Wow! and we got to talking about this and I actually attended one of our becoming your best seminars and I've known him for a long time and three months later we we're in a meeting and Selden said uh he said, I just want to pause and thank Steve for reminding me about the power of reading a book, books every day. He said, uh -huh. uh, I'd gotten out of the habit. I'd done it most of my career. He said, now I'm back reading at least 15 minutes every morning, and it is changing my life. He said, I'm back on top of it. My, I, you know, my mind's just firing with ideas. So, so thank you for that reminder. Yeah, it continues to be powerful for me. And and it it's not only powerful because the learning and the application, but it actually shifts my way of being every morning. So so I, I I listen to a lot of books on tape, I'll read, but also listen to books on you know on audio. And when I when I do that, it 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 just in it like enlivens me. It makes me feel stronger and it makes me feel happier and, and more excited about what is possible in my own life. So every day it gives me like a little adrenaline boost of of possibility, which is like another benefit on top of just the knowledge and the application. Okay, great. Now that's that's fabulous. Thanks for bringing that up. Now two questions. One is how can uh, people identify the voice of their dreams? Yeah, and this can be challenging for some. I, I found with my clients that when I ask them, hey, what is it that you want? It was like just radio silence. A lot of people don't know what it is that they want because this voice of their dreams, in fact, uh, the back cover of my book, it says, uh, we, we all have this voice of our dreams. So the voice of your dreams is calling to you, to everybody, but it can be hard to hear and hard to follow when the voices of limitation are shouting so much louder. So you know, a lot of us, the, the voices of limitation of what is not possible have become the regular white noise in the background. So it just seems like this is reality, whereas it's not really reality. It's just the voices, you know, our, our negative self-talk. So one thing that I do with my clients, besides just asking them what they want, that could be a tough one, is I will ask them, you know, I could go the whole direction of like, hey, when do you feel like time stands still? Or what are you passionate about? Or what do you love? And, and all that, I think that's fine and, and that works. But more lately, I've been going the other direction. Well, partially, what are you really curious about? If you followed your curiosity, where would that lead you? And then, and then I don't mind going negative. I can usually find, hey, what is some of your biggest disappointments? Where are you resolved in your life that things just are the way they are? That it just is what it is. And there's nothing you can do about it. What do you, what do you, what is there like, you know, these big disappointments in your life, usually that leads to 
where my strongest hearts desire this this sense of like a call or a vision and and usually we, uh, we can find it there wow what an interesting approach has that been helpful Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It, I find it gets more to the heart of things when we get to people's sadness. Like, what are you sad about? Or even what are you mad about? You know, a lot of people are like, there's all this injustice that goes on in the world and you hear them. They're just really like angry, but like in an indignation kind of anger, like a, like a, a justice kind of anger, like, ah, oh, this, somebody needs to do something about this. And whenever I hear somebody say, somebody needs to do something about this, I always say, that somebody is probably you because of, of the, that passion and that anger and that, that sense of justice. What is it that you can do about it? So there are a lot of different ways, but I found some success with those of really getting to the heart of the matter of what somebody wants. And, and lastly, I, usually what somebody really, really wants has something to do with a service to humanity. If somebody says, I want to make a lot of money, I want to, I want to be famous, I want to do all that kind of stuff, that's fine. I don't have any problem with that. Hey, be as famous and successful and finan- all that stuff. I'm totally good with that. But what, what's really going to fulfill us when, we, when we're in our bed at night and we're laying there and staring at the ceiling, what's really fulfilling is how we served humanity, how we, how we made the world a little bit better place, how we made somebody smile, how we helped somebody reach their dream, or how we made the world more just, or whatever it is that you're passionate about. It usually is somewhere along those lines. I want to do this so that I can affect this in the world. Okay, well done. Well said. And I expect uh, by the time that we're all done, kind of get at the other end of life, that those are the things that will bring the greatest satisfaction and joy and create the, the greatest legacy in our lives. That's certainly what I think, Steve. I mean, that's when the shift turned for me was like, I want to be a rock star to I want to help people be rock stars and, and changing my whole, my whole why that I do everything to. I want to inspire people to do what inspires them and help them reach their dreams. And so that's why I coach. That's why I write. That's why I do everything. And, it, and I'm constantly driven by that because it's something that, that is more, way more motivating than I want to make a lot of money and I want to be famous. Well, that's a great uh, vision and inspiration. Now, in your book, in your new book, uh, you talk about having failures, the fact that we experience failures, and you've had some. So would you mind sharing one and how you overcome it, and what advice do you have for our listeners about dealing with failures? Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, Sorry I, to put you on the I, spot here. <laughs> no, not at all. I, it, it's not that I can't think of one. It's just that I have so many I don't know where to begin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too, me too. <laughs> I, I, I think uh, probably one of the biggest ones, and since we've talked about superior singing method, that my, my, web, my singing website, I, I remember, I'll just tell two massive failures that were kind of similar. One was when we first started it, it wasn't actually called superior singing method. It was called the singing guide. And we'd spent you know a lot of years developing this, and I had a business partner, and we were you know doing the whole thing, and he was building the websites and helping out with the marketing, and so uh, we spent a couple of years doing it and filming it all, and then we we launched it, and it it wasn't a failure. It wasn't even successful enough to be a failure. Nobody saw it, nobody bought it, so it, it wasn't even like you could call it a failure. It was just a complete flop. It was a complete non-issue. It was a complete like nothing non-existent. So. We what I did is I 
I kind of licked my wounds, and that's actually when I found out what more, more of my why was. Why am I doing this? And I, I really want to help people reach their dreams all over the world. I want to create a program because not everybody can afford $100 an hour lessons once a week for years. How about just one program that's a one-time shot where they can reach their dreams and really do that? So revamped it. I, we refilmed everything. We got a better, you know, more, made it way more systematic. So it was like superior singing in eight weeks or less and higher quality videos. And uh, yeah, uh, every, it was like a step-by-step program that, that we switched to. So anyway, so we launched that and we're doing the marketing and it's going well and we're just doing one form of marketing. We're just doing ranking on Google and getting our, our keywords up there. And so you know, we had some success. We were you know, able to quit our other jobs. It's great. It's great. And then uh, Google launched uh, this algorithm. I know nothing about algorithms, but mm-hmm. they launched an algorithm called Panda, and it destroyed all of our keywords that were at the top spots of Google, like the one, two, and three spot, and knocked them all down to the 15th page, not even the 15th spot. And so our business went from um, helping me and my two business at that point, two business partners making a good living to making zero dollars overnight. And so that was a big colossal like hit and a big colossal failure. And it took us it took us several months to to rebuild that. We had to pivot and go, okay, we can't put all our eggs in one basket in marketing. We needed to diversify with marketing. And so the first thing we did is I filmed a bunch of YouTube videos and just gave away my very best, best content that I knew would work for people and help change their lives and then directed them to our sales page. And then those videos blew up and started getting millions of views. And and then we did other marketing efforts as well, so it wasn't just dependent on one thing. So that's a little bit, hopefully that answers most of your questions there. Well, it does. And uh, so uh, for all of us, every single one that's that's listening with us today, we all have setbacks, but they can be some of our most valuable assets in the future from what we learn. We learn what, we gain the insights of what doesn't work so we can find out what does work by making adjustments, just what you did, and way to go. Think what yeah. would happen if you would have bagged it. <laughs> well, see, I almost did. I mean, part of it, we were just like, uh, I mean, there are so many things like, oh, it was a good run, we, you know, but we were just like, no. And, and it was at that time that I, I realized kind of what you're saying is that, no, failure is not a problem that I will ever face. It literally is the path to success. And, and success comes, as the, Winston Churchill says, success is stumbling from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. It's, <laughs> it's back to that tenacity of, of pushing forward and pushing forward and pushing forward and staying on that path. Well, I just can't believe how fast the time goes. I mean, here it is. We're, we're at the end of our interview already. <laughs> oh, what a fun person Aaron is. Isn't he the kind of f- fellow, just listening to him, you'd like to be around and, and know more? Uh, well, I'm flattered, Steve. Thank you so much. You bet. So one last tip for our listeners today. Yeah, let's see. I... My, probably my biggest thing, uh, one of the, it's actually one of the quotes from the book, but what I believe with all my heart is that the inspiration you're waiting for in order to start is on the other side of starting. So I think for, for so many of us, the hardest part is just before we start. And I don't mean just like, it's not necessarily, it could be just beginning a business right off the bat or anything you're just, just starting. Certainly then 
But any time along the way, there's always like, where do I start with this new problem or this new solution or this new um, passion or wh what do I start now? Okay, okay, I've done this. Now what do I start? And it's always, that's the hardest part is where to start. And we wait for some type of inspiration or information or something before we get started. But I found that the inspiration and information and everything we need is on the other side of getting in motion and actually just getting started. So where do you start? Start anywhere. It doesn't matter because answers start opening up as you move into the direction of, of what it is that you're pursuing. So, so no, more, no more stalling, no more being stuck, no more excuses. Just get started doing it and the answers you need and the inspiration you need will show up, I promise. Well, that is, uh, that's great advice. And uh, so Aaron is a person that's really working on becoming his best. Way to go. And uh, Aaron, how can our listeners find out more about what you're doing? You've got a great book. I'm going to buy it today as soon as we hang up here. And, uh, but you've got a lot more to offer. Where can, they, where can our listeners find out about it? Yeah, yeah. If you the book is on Amazon, but also if you go, it's called the Voice of Your Dream. If you go to the Voice of Your Voice of Your Dreams, plural. If you go to the Voice of Your Dreams dot com, and uh, there's like a video about the book. Also, if you put in your email, I'll send you a thirty percent off coupon to Amazon, and you can go over there and get it for a little cheaper. And then all my social media, I do a lot of like the um, really encouraging, motivational kind of like posts and all stuff like that, and that's at Aaron Anastasi on Twitter and Instagram and, and Facebook. And then, of course, if you're a singer or you want to be a singer, go to superiorsingingmethod.com. Well, well done. Well, thank you, Aaron, for being part of this show today. You've, uh, you've done a great job. Thank you, Steve. It's my pleasure and my honor. Uh, we wish, uh, wish you all the best. We'll look forward to seeing more of you in the future. And to our yeah. listeners, never forget, you too can make a difference every single day of your life. I'm Steve Schallenberger with Becoming Your Best Global Leadership, wishing you a great day. And thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Becoming Your Best podcast. We want to know what your big takeaways were, so head on over to becomingyourbest.com and you can find all the information about the podcast right there as well as the show notes page where we'd love to hear what you thought about each and every single episode also if you haven't done so yet please go subscribe to the podcast on itunes and leave a rating and review a rating and review is by far the best way for you to show your appreciation for the show because it helps other people find out about the show and decide if this is the podcast for them so now it's all in your hands. It's time for you to go out there to take action and truly start becoming your best.